I'm Josh, that's David, and this is the Have Rods Will Travel podcast. David, so we are back again with another episode of the Have Rods Will Travel podcast. What have uh, what have you been up to lately? Uh, nothing really. I only got out fishing for the second time this year, this past weekend. That was right. kind of fun. Um, didn't get what I was looking to catch, but uh, right. I went over to the East Coast and tried chunking those big poppers for those big Jack Creval, but... They eluded me. The uh, right. the guy I was linking up with is somebody who will actually be on my uh, podcast tomorrow. Of course, right. the time that the time that this drops, it will have already happened. Right. But uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, he he wasn't able to get off work till late, so I was pretty much out there just trying it blind, and it became evident pretty quickly that I didn't know what I was doing. Right. So, did you? But um, finally, get to utilize that like surf fishing setup that you purchased and your two-piece setup that came in three pieces yeah <laughs> yeah it, it went it went okay i mean i ended up getting one black tip on a popper which was pretty cool um yeah so i never caught a shark on a artificial lure so that was different but it was you know there's no photos to show for it because dude like catching that thing was like the biggest cluster i mean i can go into it if you want but it was it was just like it was I don't know, so characteristic of the kind of crap that you and I get into. <laughs> well, go ahead and elaborate as long as it's not gonna upset anyone. I know no, it's no, it's little... there's nothing upsetting. I mean it was uh you know, we fished kind of into the night and we ended up fishing off this jetty. Yeah. And uh, you know, I don't do a lot of jetty fishing. I'd kind of forgotten the like the further down the jetty you go where the where the waves are really lapping over the top of the rocks, yeah. those rocks become subject to the growth of moss. Uh, yeah. So it was like it was like ice skating on the top yeah. of this death trap. Yeah. So right. um so this guy David, his name is also David. <clears throat> he had a set of like spiked boots in his car specifically for that, like cleats. Wow. But he only had one set. Uh, so he's yeah. like, "Well, well, you wear one boot and I'll wear the other boot." <laughs> I like this guy already. <laughs> so he's like, "So you'll have one good foot, and I'll have one good foot." And he's like, "When when one bites, just make sure to put your good foot forward." Yeah. I was like, "Man, this is about to be bad." So we were it's... out there popping, and um, I don't know, the jacks just weren't, you know, they just weren't there. But uh, but yeah. I ended up getting smoked by a black tip, and I forgot how hard those bastards fight on. You know, I mean, I yeah. guess my surf gear that I've caught him on in the past was like mm-hmm. bulkier and more powerful because this thing was killing me. And I, I don't know if it's because the shark, I don't know if it's so much that the shark was powerful as it was like I was running like the risk of it. It was, it ran straight to the jetties. So yeah. like ran straight onto the rocks. So there's no like fighting it. It was like cinched down the drag all the way tight. But then the right. tighter you go, the more your feet want to slide. Yeah. So so he's sitting here holding on to my waistband. I got one foot like this planted on the rocks and the other foot sliding around like crazy. It was just yeah. a cluster. Sounds and then like we fun. end up, you know, then you land it on jetty rocks with waves crashing up against it. And yeah, this was like a jetty where it's like you can't you don't just walk down to the rocks. It's like a, this drop off. It was like a six foot 
straight drop and then some rocks. Mm-hmm. So I'd reeled these things, I reeled the shark up into these rocks, and then I had to basically like he held my hand and like lowered me down this Gosh. jetty. So I'm balancing on one slippery rock. Then the, you know the shark's got a face full of treble hooks. It's not like a yeah. nice circle, or, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like God, treble hooks all sticking out of its face. Yeah. Like this is not a good situation. There's no good way to hold, like contain the fish. Yeah. So I ended up grabbing it by its head and just pushing it against the jetty and like leaning against it. So I had this shark <laughs> with a mouthful of teeth, a giant eight inch popper with massive treble hooks right in my crotch. What I'm could like, go wrong? Has, now this has got a thousand different ways it can go poorly. Yeah. And uh, so it was just at, at some point it was just more worth getting the shark free and releasing it than even trying to get the photos would have been so bad, but, um, but it was a pretty cool experience. I mean, I hadn't yeah. done anything like that in, in a long time, but man, I, I it's like, I, I left there and I'm like, man, I, I got to come back. I got to get one of those big jacks, but yeah, yeah it was pretty it's, fun. It's cool. You're making these connections through your podcast. Cause it's like, I get to hear about these people, through you before I ever like potentially beat them. So yeah. he- hearing that guy's mindset of like each person taking a boot and we try to make it work like that. I don't know. I think, I think I would get along with that dude pretty well. I don't so. know that the, like the surf culture, especially yeah. on the East coast is full of nothing but grinders. Like, I mean, yeah. we went out there with that, with Mike that one time and it was yeah, kind of like, last night. and uh, so this guy's cut from the same cloth and then like yeah. his just story, which people will hear in due time is very much of, coming from nothing yeah and then so he has it in him to grind like he's been forged yeah. in the fire himself so but he uh he was a, he was a cool dude i definitely want to link back up with him but yeah that's kind of the cool thing about the podcast is like you're actually getting to know people it's like it's yeah. real easy to be like on your screen talking to somebody and like yeah. be suspicious of like i don't what know what their intentions are, are but right. yeah but it, but as soon as you actually get to flow in regular conversation it's just yeah. It's just different, but yeah, that was pretty cool, though. Yeah, he's on episode five of Boundless Pursuit. Is David Rocca? Roca? Yeah. Now, his real name, I don't know how to pronounce. I don't okay. even want to try it, but that, okay. that's just like, I don't know, some Instagram nickname he came up with. Right. But um, I got you. Yeah, that's he's, uh, it's an interesting one because like in Florida, like you, you're going to be hard pressed to be the guy of yeah. anything because everybody's an angler and there's always somebody more skilled. It's Florida. Yeah. But he has like somehow found himself at like the top of the heap with this whole. He's like the only guy doing it, or if there's other people doing, it, like he's the one. Like as far as these, jacks, yeah, fish, fishing them like the way that you would fish for like GTs. Right. W- why no one else is doing it, I don't know. Because the dude's catching like forty, like fish between forty and fifty pounds, wow. slinging these massive poppers, like fishing in crashing waves. I mean, it's it's an exciting style of fishing. Yeah. And he has like really, I don't know. He's like positioned himself at the, t- when you think of like South Florida, giant Jack Creval, like you think that guy, like he's, yeah. he's the one. That's so that's cool. pretty cool. It's, it's pretty hard to be that guy on in anything. And f- yeah, especially sure. in Florida. Be cool to like, I don't know if he's the type of guy that's into filming. I know a lot of those guys are super secretive, but if he ever were, it'd be cool to film an episode on that stuff. Uh, that, that type of fishing and like, the 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 perils that go along with that would be cool to catch yeah. on camera, you know. But it's good stuff, dude. Are you taking? I, I know we're 
sort of tentatively planning this thing for the end of the month as far as going to Idaho? Like, are you planning mm-hmm. on taking surf gear? Are you going to take that stuff with you? Or how, how are we? We haven't Probably. really talked. I, I, yeah, we no, kind of workshop this right now. I don't, I don't know exactly what our plans are. I talked to Steve a couple of days ago and he said he procured a jet boat for us to use. So I, we can do that. Oh, wow. That's yeah, cool. I think it's his father-in-law's. So I've been like slowly prodding at Steve to try to get him to buy a boat. <laughs> I'm like, Steve, yeah. you should buy a boat before we got, you know, but, uh, I think his father has a jet boat and we might utilize that in some capacity. But, um, I think I think the end of March is going to be pretty good, like w- with fish movements and the locations in which we can mm-hmm. catch them. Like I think where I got my biggest one when I was out there, I think that spot is going to be hot again. So it's like it's good in spring, it's good in fall. So I think we're going to be hitting the the spring cycle on that. So it's cool, man. I I wish we had a way to get my side scan to david out there because seeing those things on sonar is ridiculous it's there's no mistaking like you launch the boat and you're just cruising and you see it's not you know how sonar like oh that might be a fish like it's a perfect outline of a sturgeon right yeah and then like (laughs) if you keep your speed consistent you can compare it to other fish and you can see which one's the biggest and literally like it's easy you just you're cruising along, you get up river from them a hundred yards, you drop a bait down and they're going to eat it. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, I always find it curious how like, you know, fishing in general is pretty hard depending on what you try to do. But like these bigger species, like it's always surprising to me how actual like easy and willing they are to bite. Like yeah. we always run into the problem. Like it's always catching bait. That seems to be the problem with these things. But once you have bait, it's like you catch them. It's no big deal. Right. So <laughs> you would think that like chasing these monster fish would be like, I guess it's nice if that's like the least of your concern or the most of your concerns. If just simply getting bait is the biggest hump you got to get over. <laughs> yeah. But then if like that becomes a challenge, it's like the most frustrating thing it could possibly be. Okay. Oh like, I know that we're, I think we're going to get into talking about our, our alligator guard trip a little bit, but that was, um, that was by far like the most aggravating thing. It's like, we know where we need to fish. We know what we need to do. We have all the gear. We're primed and ready to do it, but just getting the bait. And it's, that's always been yeah my, my problem going to Texas is like, we'd either be using frozen stuff that, you know, I'd fish with, Brian, who you met out there, and like Brian is like all of us, he doesn't have a lot of free time. So, like, the lead up to our trip, he's like catching bait and freezing it. So, like, once I get there, we can just start fishing. But then, like, you yeah. do a couple of trips of that, and you're like, mm, maybe this frozen bait isn't the best. Like, maybe that's it's just it's painful when you're fishing the same time as like some of the other guys and they're catching yeah. you're not it's like it's got to be something like well, it's, we're not it's also annoying when like the time is ticking and you're like you're yeah. bo- your book your flight to leave well in, at least in my case you know yeah. i'm booked to leave on a set date yeah and so it's like even burning a few hours to chase yeah. bait is very frustrating it's like oh yeah. i gotta we gotta get this over with quick because i'm not here to catching bait yeah yeah it's, but it always seems to be the struggle man no matter like what the trip is like all these giant it's because it, they're also species you can't really get on artificial like not the caliber of fish we're looking for yeah it's not like you can just get there and start fishing for them you have to catch your bait 
So, like Goliath grouper, same deal. Like, got to get your bait before you can get the fish. White sturgeon, mm-hmm. got to go. You have to go on a fishing trip before you can go on your fishing trip. Like, I know. You, like uh, the stuff out in Idaho for those white sturgeon. Like, you literally have to go and like do a float trip to catch rainbow trout before you ever even begin sturgeon fishing. And when you're doing something where you can see them on sonar like that, it's like the fish is right there, and I have nothing to drop down for. Like, it, it's I don't know. It's it's super frustrating but i don't know it's just part of it it's it's funny like you think it'd just be one fish species would be that problem and it seems to be all of them anything you need live bait for it's always aggravating even yeah, like and, gar- bait, it, and bait stores aren't going to be selling that i, I don't know i was yeah. like kind of curious about in idaho if there's like fish markets maybe that's more of like a along the Pacific Northwest coastline thing. I, I mean, I would just be so sure that they'd have similar type of like commercial fish markets that have, yeah. I don't know, something you could get if you got into an absolute bind, but yeah, maybe not I in think, Idaho. I think back in the day, Steve used to use a lot of like, like smelt, like it would come prepackaged. Oh, yeah. And you'd, but the good thing about like sturgeon fishing like that is it's not like your fit your bait fish is actively hunting it's not like carp where you're like wait for them to come through and graze on your bait like you can physically get out there and cast for trout and feel like you're being proactive so yeah that that's the cool thing about it and you know i mean when we were when we were catching our bait we're catching like big trout like the trout we were catching would be like yeah. you do a totally separate trip just to do that so yeah if the bait's coming easy then at least it's kind of an enjoyable like side mission yeah it's like a fun thing to do but not when it's not coming and you ain't got time to be playing yeah that always feels like how the goliath grouper stuff that we when we team up for that it's always what it feels like it's like what what fish market is open right now to where we can <laughs> yeah get, and then like the bait you get's a couple of days old probably and it's smaller than what you want and you're like is this gonna work or is it, you know i don't know right you gotta like have a direct link to somebody it's also not like, fun to buy the bait it's like oh like literally paying this money just to like throw it into the ocean yeah well that's that's the other thing i guess like, that's any that's any bait but it's yeah. like more expensive my my the problem i always have with that situation because sometimes I have to do it here for blue cats. I just have a terrible time catching shad and it's like, whatever, I'll just, you know, but there's that little, anytime you, you're not using a hundred percent fresh, there's that little like dark corner in the back of your mind when you're like sitting yeah. there for hours. You're like, is, is this my not, bait too old? Is this not? Yeah. Is this not working because of the bait? Like when we were Goliath mm-hmm. fishing, you'd sit out there basically all night and you're like, is that fish down there? And we're just doing a terrible job at feeding it. Or is it just not there? So. Oh, I'm I'm convinced when you do that, the Goliath is there. Yeah. Looking at the bait. Yeah. Like, there is a Goliath on every single one of those pilings. Yeah. It's just, it's just one of those things. But, but yeah, I think that, that – so you are you have, what, four days off for that trip? Is that the idea? I don't even remember. I got to count it up. Count it up. Something like that, yeah. Uh, it'll yeah. be ample time up there. But, yeah, I'll, I will definitely bring my own gear. Yeah. My thing is like I've got the surf rods, but then like my next thing that I have is like the Avet Goliath grouper rig and I'm like, well, yeah. is that that's probably overkill there. I don't really have a medium zone. Yeah. I mean, I, that's that's the only thing that I have to figure out cuz I I've never traveled with rods in that capacity. So, I know I feel st- like my 8500 
spin reels should be sufficient if you're in a boat and you've got like the leeway to mm-hmm. follow them. Yeah. Well, I I have plenty of conventional reels that I can bring. It's just the rod situation. Like that's what we did. I took the reels with me when I went out there the first time when I flew and then they, or um, Steve had rods. So I don't know. We'll figure something out, but I'd like to try form a little bit more on the surf rod like that, that, the one time, like the one fish we caught, was just such a an immediate thing that happened so quickly. You didn't yeah. have time to process it, and it was like the last night of fishing. We didn't really get a lot of time to do that. Well, that like looked like the most exciting one to me. Like I don't want to like say, oh, I really want it to happen like that. I just want to get one. Yeah. But if I had, if I was able to pick or choose, like if it, if it was able to happen for me in a in a certain way. Yeah. Like when the like the the video clip of you battling that one yeah. in the darkness with a headlamp on, I'm like that is cool. It was nuts, man. It's we literally like there's so I was talking to Grant and Harley about this last night when we recorded. There's some stuff in your life that you look back on. It feels like it. It was like a dream. Yeah. If you look at it, like did that really happen? Like it just it happens so quickly and like in the moment you're you're trying to process and like get this fish back in the water make sure your fish, your photos are good make sure your video is good and like you let it go and then you step back and you go oh shit that happened and then like yeah. so you know it's i didn't get to witness somebody else catching it so the whole time the fish is on the line i'm processing what i need to do to make sure we don't lose it so i'm not getting to watch it happen you're in the moment and then you know it only happened one time and we were only fishing for 10 minutes so like the whole thing was it happened yeah. <laughs> it was over so quickly it doesn't even feel real so right <laughs> i i think we'll be able to talk steve into that i i want you to go check out snake river canyon that that area is pretty gnarly too yeah so that that whole thing could probably tie in together but Catching them on the surf rod would definitely be a fun thing to try. But that's uh yeah, dude. That is, should be pretty fun stuff. I'm looking forward to it. I'm not looking forward to the temperatures, unfortunately. We've been like it's February right now and we've been blessed with like sixty and seventy. It's gonna be like eighty four here tomorrow. Oh, it's which, it's gonna be like ninety this weekend where I'm at. I'm like, oh, yeah. dang, it's it's officially back. Yeah, well, I'm... this is going to get a lot harder. <laughs> yeah, this Lanai stuff. <laughs> you're going to be. I'm already like right now. I'm like, yeah, dang. Yeah, well, it's I'm I'm leaving once we get done recording this. I'm leaving to go brown trout fishing for the next couple of days. So it's oh, okay. like 84 and raining tomorrow, and then like it's going to immediately go back into the 40s. So by Monday, I'll probably be sick. But I don't know. <laughs> but that's the only, the one part about the stuff. Being in Idaho in March, I'm not 100% stoked on because we're finally getting into some warm temperatures here, and we're going to fly out there. It's going to be like a high of 50. It's probably going to Oh, I know. I, I can much. deal with 50. When if, it's, yeah. if it gets to a point where it's like snowy and ice, oh, <laughs> I struggle with that, but well, I'm sure I can make do. I asked Steve, I'm like, what? what are your temperatures? He's like, it could be 50. It could be 15. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. cool. Oh Lord. So the first, the, the very first time I was out there with Steve, the first trip I made, I, I packed a, a wetsuit because I couldn't afford a dry suit. I had a neoprene wetsuit. The It was 70 – no. It was almost 90 degrees when I left Richmond on a Thursday. 
And when I got to Idaho the first morning, I think that Friday morning we started fishing, it was like 11 degrees. There was like a 70 degree difference in temperature in like 24 hours. It was, I wasn't primed for that at all. It was like fishing in a freezer the whole time. Yeah, that would like shock your body. Yeah, it was like, you know, I was working on people's decks and like doing all this exterior work on this house. And then like (laughs) I get on a plane and like the next morning I'm trying to catch fish and it's, 11 degrees out it was terrible it was so yeah. cold but um then I'm, you, you got five layers on you're trying to paddle a kayak and fight a fish i'm like I'm yeah hurt. <laughs> i don't know it was nuts but i'm looking forward to going back out to to idaho that that should be fun and i if it's anything like the last couple trips we should do pretty well i think i don't want to jinx it or anything but it um it seems that if you can get the bait you can get the fish so yeah i think we'll do okay but so yeah, I guess we'll expand on um we kind of got into our origin stories last episode. We started talking about uh the the show a little bit and I think episode 1 of the show is the alligator guard trip. And it's probably yeah. <laughs> out of all the stuff we've filmed and all the places we've went so far, it's it was by far the most most like tumultuous or or I don't. It, it was just such it, a. It, that one had all the varying degrees of. Yeah. I don't even know how to like process all that. It got to a point where like you, the mind just became numb. <laughs> it was just like it got to a point like everything good. You're like, all right, well, what what bad is going to happen for us to have to pay for this? All like, right. I know. <laughs> so I think what we'll do, we'll kind of just jump into that trip and. We've talked about it a bunch personally, but I think we'll kind of right. <laughs> for the listeners and the viewers, we'll sort of relive the trip and and sort of bring back all of the crazy crap that happened. See if we can dig it out of our memory and just yeah. sort of talk <laughs> about it. But so episode one of Have Rods Will Travel is the alligator guard trip. And essentially I towed my truck in John Boat, seventeen foot John Boat with a jet motor from Virginia to Texas. And uh, David flew from Florida up to Texas to meet me there. And uh, we essentially had a week to try to get some alligator gar on film. And I think this is, that was when the kind of the show was, at least for me, it was in its infancy on like what we were actually going to do with it. I didn't know if it Mm -hmm. was going to be like a one-off episode thing where we try to do alligator gar and white sturgeon together. I didn't really have a full thing figured out. So we were just kind of filming to, maybe see what we were going to do. But uh, the first night David gets off the plane and I pick him up from the airport with boat and tow. Actually, I got to go back before that on the way down. I had an alternator go bad on my truck, which I replaced and my boat trailer. Uh, the tire blew out at like four in the morning in Louisiana. And this is right after I think hurricane Harvey or not hurricane Harvey. Um, maybe Ida, whatever one like hit Louisiana. Oh yeah. So like I slept in the back of my truck on the way down and like a Louisiana rest stop. The DOT dude gave me crap because I was in like the wrong area of the, the like rest stop. I was parked with the cars instead of the tractor trailer. You're not resting in the right spot. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's one big parking (laughs) lot, but you parked in the wrong area. So like (laughs) I went to the other side and of course there's no empty spots. So I'm like, whatever, I'm just going to keep driving. So I'm driving across Louisiana 
maybe an hour later, it's like four in the morning, trailer tire blows out. I'm like, great. Okay. I get out, I'm changing my trailer tire. I get back in the truck, start driving. And the whole trip down, I was reminding myself, don't get to Louisiana and be low on gas. Do not do that. Get gas before you get into Louisiana. Well, with everything that happened, <laughs> having to do the alternator, not getting any sleep, having to change a tire on the side of the road, I kind of like forgot about all that. And as I'm entering into like the middle of Louisiana on I-20, it occurred to me that I'm running low on gas. And I'm as I'm running low on gas, I'm entering into the path of where this hurricane went through. Yeah. So, it was pure no dest- gas. No, pure destruction <laughs> everywhere, and there's no <laughs> places to get gas anywhere. So, literally, I had to pull over on just this like desolate road. I, try- I was trying like all the gas stations I could find. They were all caution taped off. Nobody had gas. I pulled over, and it occurred to me that I had gas in my boat motor tank. I I was like, okay, I might have enough gas to get to, like, civilization. I was, like, halfway across. I had, like, six gallons of gas, maybe. So I'm pouring the gas from my exterior, like, boat tank, gas tank, into my truck. And as I do this, this Cajun dude, straight out of Bobby Boucher, like, comes up. And I don't know what he said to me, but the word gas was in there. And I... (laughs) The, the best I could decipher what this guy was saying is he was trying to buy the gas that I was trying to put in my truck. So it was either that or he was trying to, like, uh. kid, kidnap me and put me in his dungeon. I don't know. Dude, Cajuns <laughs> He's are probably this is nice, earnest man that was trying to help you, and you just assumed the worst. Dude, I, Cajuns are— Get out of here, a-hole. Dude, I, Cajuns are a special breed. I don't know. <laughs> All I know is this dude was trying to talk to me, and I was very agitated. But I ended up getting— the gas in my truck driving across the state and as i'm like running on fumes i hit civilization with like gas again i fill up ended up making it it was probably the lowest on fuel i've ever been and the tightest line that i've ever walked and i'd never want to have to do that again but ended up picking you up from the uh the airport and that was just that was just the drive down so like it (laughs) it I don't know, man. I, that is a long drive from Virginia. Like, how many hours total is that? 21. So, that's, you're destined to find some kind of problem yeah. making a drive that long. Yeah, I mean, if you, like, rent a vehicle, then you're probably good. But I was driving from there to Texas to Idaho and then back. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I had already, like, went through all of my truck like replaced universal joints replaced all the breakable or so i thought all the breakable parts on my truck and like i i was confident that everything would be okay the only thing i didn't switch out was my alternator or in my four-wheel drive axles which (laughs) were the two things that it it ended up breaking on that trip so but uh yeah i'll let i think I'll, I'll let you expand from when I picked you up. That way we we, we don't want to run out of steam here. I Pick up from, like, when I picked you up from the airport and, like, expand on that. Oh, I don't – you know, I should have, like, read more about this trip. It's not that I'm losing it, but it's like I don't want to miss anything. But it got to a point where too much crap happened, so it's, I'm, like, I don't, I'm going to end up forgetting. So interject if you realize I'm forgetting okay. key details because I, I didn't have an exciting travel in. I just flew in. Yeah, and then there you were. <laughs> I think but that I... that's probably why, like, <laughs> our demeanors were how they were. Because you were like, 
Jet you were lag. kind of well, you were like concerned and I was already like, all right, this is just how it's going. Yeah. Like, I was already <laughs> I had already settled into oh, we're gonna just get our ass kicked this whole time. Okay. It I don't know. But, I just wanted to go straight to catching bait. I'm like, we're not yeah. going, like, we're not stopping anywhere. Like, we're going directly to the waters, like, and immediately, like, from an airplane straight to the water, yeah. straight into fishing because there's no time to waste on anything else. I don't right. even think we said hello. It, like, wasn't even pleasant greetings. We're just like, <laughs> all right, let's go. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, like, it's funny because we, I understand. I hadn't slept in two days. So, like, yeah. you, all I wanted, I'm like, David, please, let's just go to the hotel and chill tonight. We're not going to get, and I could see why you wanted to just get started fishing because you're good to go. I'm like, I've, yeah. got, I've thoroughly gotten my ass kicked to this point. I'm like, please, just let me sleep for a little bit. But no, I, we got there and tried to catch bait. It, it didn't yeah. work. But, um, I don't well, know. We, I'd done it enough times and knew that the bait thing, I knew that that was going to be like our big, like, it's like sort of the, just that monster that looms that you yeah. know you're going to at some point have to contend with. So I'm like, you know what, let's just, I don't want to be thinking about it all night. I don't want to be stressing about it, like making a stop in between. Yeah. I just want to go straight into facing that beast down because I, I was thinking like we're going to go out there and, and maybe our best odds at catching bait will actually be in the darkness. Yeah. Um, when, you know, and then we'll just go from there. And I, I thought it was, I mean, I fished that spot several times in the past and I was like, hey, this is an easy one. Like we'll, yeah. we'll be able to bang out a few carp and Buffalo and we'll be good for a week. Yeah. But I also made like kind of the fatal error of not bringing a cast net. Cause I, I had, I was on the fence about it the whole time <laughs> and I was bringing so much shit to begin with. I'm like, I want to bring a cast net and then have to take that cast net to Idaho and across the country. Mm-hmm. Like I, I need the valuable space. I'm like, we'll be fine. If we need a cast net, we'll buy one when we get down there. I didn't know all their cast nets were like four, foot, three feet. <laughs> yeah. yeah a little those, tiny, like it's like not even worth the ones that absolutely money. positively do not work. Yeah. You're trying to like snipe buff, like one Buffalo at a time with it. But yeah, <laughs> no, we, we sat out there and we tried to catch bait and I was pretty much dragging ass the whole time. And then those like wild mangy dogs kept trying to like ambush us on the bank. I don't know if you remember that or not. Probably they not. wanted food. Yeah, I remember the dogs. I yeah. didn't remember until you mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, they were like but, uh, <laughs> stalking us the entire time. I just but, remember the state of alarm when about the first hour passed without getting a single nibble. I'm like, man. Yeah. This is not good. If yeah. this is an indicator on how this is going to be. And then I was yeah. like doing the math in my mind. I was like, if we're only getting like one bite for every three hours, you know, you, you know, yeah. take the three, carry the five, yeah. three divided by. I'm like, we, we're we going to be lucky if we have three fish after 12 hours. I was like yeah. that. We, well, I mean, this trip's over if that happens. I don't that type of thing never even enters my brain. It's just like we're either catching or we're not. Once we start, we'll continue. But it's just like, I don't know. You you get to that point where you're not catching anything, and you're like, all right, we're doing like we're in the wrong spot. We're doing something wrong. But regardless, I think I talked you into like leaving and regrouping in the morning. So, yeah, we did not catch one at night. I do remember no. that. So at some point we were gone, and then some point we were back there. Yeah. Well, this is getting into my my favorite part of this entire thing, I think is we stopped to get gas on the way out. 
we were driving to the hotel. We were fishing around Lake Livingston trying to get bait. So we're in that area of Texas. I think it's like Huntsville or something. We're in like the town of Huntsville. And we we walk into this gas station. Mind you, it's like 10 o'clock, something like that, 11. I haven't slept in like 36 hours at this point. And uh, there's some dude in there, and I'm minding my own business. I'm just here to get a Red Bull, <laughs> get some gas, get to the hotel. And this dude, like, has – and I'm not knocking anybody here, but he has, like, all of the random gas station – fishing options so he has like (laughs) like the wire like double dropper like fishing rig and like the lead he bought there and like bob i mean just the whole thing you find at the gas station no big deal like you're doing your thing i'm minding my own business everything's cool that's you're clearly you got a plan like i'm not hating on you i go to pump (laughs) gas this guy comes out and he immediately like how much you want for that boat i'm like um I'm not selling you my boat. Like, I'm haha, like just kind of laughing it off. He's very clearly serious. He's like, how much you want for that boat? I'm like, oh, I'm not selling it. Like, we're down here fishing. The, the best He's, part of all this was my vantage point from the passenger seat watching all this happen because yeah. I feel like I spotted that guy maybe even before you did. If not, I saw the twinkle in his eye when he spotted you. Yeah. And like, I immediately knew that guy wants to talk to Josh. Yeah. Like and that's I'm, one thing about the locals around there. Like, yeah. boy, good God, are they happy to like approach and start conversation? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh God, oh he's coming, he's coming to talk. Oh poor, yeah. jo- I'm not getting out, I'm not part of this conversation. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> where our personalities differ because like I'll talk, to, I'll be friendly, and I mean mm. you're you're a nice guy. I'm not saying anything like that. It's just like <laughs> I'll do a little small talk while I'm pumping the gas and whatever, just trying to lighten the mood. And you will completely avoid the person, which is probably the better option. I, it was very, it was clearly the better option in this case. But he's like, "How much you want for that boat?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, it's not for sale. Like, we're, we're you know, we drove down from Virginia. We're gonna go after some alligator gar." He's like, "Oh, alligator gar? Oh, yeah." Well, that was he, your first mistake. You're always <laughs> supposed to lie about what you're actually chasing. Well, I was ah, anything that bites, you know. I was surprised that. He like acknowledged it because most people are like, why are you fishing for those? He took the other approach. He was like, oh, what do you It immediately turned into an interrogation? He's like, well, what are you using <laughs> yeah. for bait? I'm like, oh, we're going to use some carp. Oh, that's not going to work. You need a live goldfish or live mullet. Like they won't eat live it. mullet. Yep. They it has to it. be alive. <laughs> they won't eat it unless it's live. I'm like, OK, cool. He's like, you need these rigs. Do you have these rig? The double hook like gas station rigs. I'm like, no, he's like, you need these. You got to have them under a float. He's saying, he's saying some ridiculous. Every single thing that you had was wrong. Yeah. Like he yeah. systematically broke down everything yeah. you described and had a reason yeah. why you were wrong. Yeah. I can't even remember all of it at this exact moment, but it was just like trying to buy my boat, got mad because I wouldn't sell it to him, figured out we were from out of state which was probably where the majority of this animosity came from. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Got, got, uh, what, where are you fishing? Oh no, you got to be fishing up in this area. And then tried to tell me the bait was wrong and all this. I'm like, you know, it was just like this weird interaction that I'm having on like no sleep. So I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm just trying to appease this dude. Mm-hmm. And then he, I'm like, all right, man, well, good luck. You know, being friendly. All right, man, good luck. 
I don't need luck. I know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm like, oh, geez. yeah. Okay. I'm like, what is <laughs> that? Your... Was the best. He, he was getting what... like, he was like randomly getting kind of confrontation. I felt like a sense like he was sort of trying to lure you into a yeah. like a, a trap of like, yeah. I don't know, like a so test in your weird. nerves. I, well, my nerves were shot. I was like, I had, I stepped back and like, did I do something? Cause I, I was like not <laughs> operating properly due to lack of sleep. I'm like, did yeah. I? say something to piss that dude off. i was just get in the truck i'm like dude that was the weirdest shit ever <laughs> yeah just, it, when you're like, way out in like in the middle of absolute nowhere that part of the country like and somebody asks you where you're fishing like it like if you mitch if you are honest like you shouldn't yeah. have been like you're supposed yeah. to be dishonest or like super over the top vague to like yeah. you know uh, give them the whatever hit bites that, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah anything that bites yeah. um but uh, as soon as you mention Alligator Gar, that conversation is going to go one of three ways. Yeah. It's going to be the why the hell are you doing that for? It's going to be the know-it-all guy who's yeah. going to tell you all the ways to how to do it. with The really world's greatest biz- gar fisherman. Right. World's really greatest alligator gar guy. Bizarre and obscure <laughs> methods. Or it's yeah. going to be the one that's got these wild and crazy legendary stories. Yeah. Yeah. Of the fourteen footer next to the John boat. <laughs> I think we had all of those on those this trip, actually. But, that uh, was just the first crazy guy that we dealt with. It got was, worse from there. Oh my god! It definitely got more colorful from there. But so yeah, we left that super like confrontational dude. Went to the hotel, like got a little bit of sleep. Came back the next morning and like immediately. I had never fished. This is Lake Livingston Dam. I don't think it's a huge shocker to anybody that's there, or anybody that's listening. If you know where that's at, but like. It's. I was surprised at how many people fish below that dam and the way in which they are fishing. Like, it, it, we launch the boat and we run up towards the dam thinking we, like, get into some buffalo and carp. And, like, as we're going up, we're passing people that are, like, chest deep in the water, like, waiting. No, no. Every time I've ever been there, it's been that way. I've the, the never... People just floating around, swimming with the rods above their heads. I've people never all seen over that. It, it was such a cluster. It's like I, I only wanted to go there for bait uh, because I know yeah. that it's pure hell down there. <laughs> yeah, I had never – I had been down there before, but I had never experienced anything like that. I don't even know, like – like, I don't know if white bass were running. I, I don't know what they were even fishing for. There's, like, nothing there, I don't think. But it had to – it was some sort of run because those dudes were, like, fishing up at, like – the current break. Yeah, I, the I, white I, bass I, is the big one that they go up there for, I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But but they weren't even releasing water. It was like as low as I've ever seen it. It was stagnant. There's just yeah. not a lot of life in the water. Yeah, it was it, – It that part of the trip was like everything was a new – like what – it's like a new version of the Twilight Zone. It's like you're, yeah. weave, you're weaving in and out of these people that are in the water with your boat. And like, we ended up catching a, one common carp, which like we caught it fairly quickly, I think. So it was like, okay, yeah. cool. Like we're in business. We're going to start catching fish. And I don't know, man. We, we messed around and like went down river – and immediately I sucked up like 900 yards of like braid into my outboard, which I didn't, I, I must have done that there. I don't yeah. know where else I would have done it that. It had to have been because you think of how much fishing line and rigging gear and just random crap that was on the bank there. It was the whole yeah. area was just like a litter pile. Yeah. But I think that we had gotten to a point once you caught that one carp, we had one piece of bait and it's like, 
I don't know. We made the decision to almost like sacrifice it so we could like rejuvenate the <laughs> yeah. optimism tanks. Or yeah. like, we're like, well, let's just head down river and like gamble on our luck with this one carp and chunk yeah. it up and try something. Because like we're 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 going on to two or it was either the third. We were going on to the third day, I think. Mm. Or I don't know if you want to count the first day of like landing on the plane as day one. Yeah, but that then was day two is when we get that carp. And then it was that we're coming down like the sun is setting and yeah. we're looking at potentially waking up on the third. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess with nothing. Yeah. We're so gonna have to start doing something different. This is getting bad. Yeah. So we yeah, we go down river. We throw out a bunch of corn as we're like carp or as we're gar fishing. I think you, we caught a couple. You did. And I, I don't remember catching one yeah. down there. I think you caught like two. And then we came back and we caught a couple of like grass carp, so that was good. Like starting to feel a little rejuvenation there. Yeah, that was big. You caught the carp. You caught the carp. I didn't catch any bait. Right. Well, that was big. We got the think you you caught two like good sized carp that were good for like four or five baits. Like each of them was good for multiple baits. Yeah, we had that one common that we used up fishing down there, and then we had those two grassers that were probably like ten pound grass. Like they were good. It's a good bait. Yeah. But we ended up running back to the ramp, and this is like this was the the <laughs> the the linchpin of I don't even know if that's the right descriptive. This was the the crossroads that we entered into, <laughs> where the trip could have well, ended. It was the it was the first real swing in a momentum because you got to think we just gone a day and yeah. a half with no bait at all. We finally get over the hump and we get bait, and we'd even caught a couple of alligator gar, and like you you sense that there was a shift. And momentum going in our favor. Yeah. We caught a couple alligator gar. Now we got bait in the cooler. Now we're heading towards the ramp to prepare for the next day with a little bit of positivity behind us. Yeah, that's the big thing. Like, Trinity River, like, you don't usually want to be out after dark due to, like, how much stuff's in the water. Like, you don't want to run up on any logs or anything mess your stuff up. So, we're going back. We're going to go to the hotel, get a game plan for the morning. Like, every or we got bait. This is great. Everything's going great. Like, everything's going great. We're going to start catching fish now. Yeah, we wasted a day, day and a half, but no big deal. Yeah. So I send David up to the truck, and he, like, below Lake Livingston, it's like a sandbox. That's, like, the only way to describe it. They And then, like, the sandbox, they've, like, put concrete on top of it to make a ramp. It's the most, like... Oh, yeah. Like hodgepodge thing ever. And that's it just kind of rough terrain. Yeah. It's just kind of how Texas is. Like, they can't put legitimate ramps anywhere because, like, well, ma- major floods, it just washes and like, it out. Like, down the bank from from where the dam is, you can see old ramps that yeah. fell apart and, like, just crumbled and fell apart. So they just built another one next to it. Yeah. And then that one falls apart and they just build another one next to it. Yeah. You, <laughs> it's all these, like, old ramps that screwed up. You think Build be another like a, one. A better way to go about it. I don't know. But yeah. Anyway, so David hops in the truck and he's like getting it lined up on the ramp, and then he hops out. He's like, "I right, truck's making a noise. It sounds terrible." I'm like, "That's oh, fine." Just <laughs> and like he's like, "No, it's like there's a problem." I'm like, what could this possibly? I'm be? like, I ain't tearing this truck up. I think like, it's too late. I, I'm like, I don't. What could this possibly be? Like, I've replaced everything on it. Well, I didn't. I didn't replace my <laughs> CV axles because you normally don't need to mess with those things. I use my four-wheel drive, like, twice a year, maybe. So they're usually good. 
Well, I go up and the CV axle has exploded. It is, it is just think of like a joint and it is just untwisted itself. So <laughs> like part of it's attached to the, like the gear, like the transfer case on the truck. And the other part is just flopping around attached to the tire. Well, needless to say, you can't drive the truck with that flinging around hitting stuff. So like, we're basically dead in the water. Like no pun intended. We're, we're screwed. I'm like, okay, well it's, and at this part point, it's, summertime so i think it was like 10 o'clock at night when this happens yeah i don't think it got dark to like 9 30 like we are screwed i'm, I'm like try, i don't have a a way to fix that like it's you know it's yeah. i can't like <laughs> i can't like macgyver something to get us out of that i'm like dude i don't i think we're just screwed like i don't yeah that one goes so far beyond simply having an immobile, like immobilized vehicle. Like it, it yeah. goes so far beyond, like oh, my car's broke down on on a, one leg of the journey. Yeah. It's like we're in the absolute positive middle of nowhere. You're not parked on the asphalt. You're yeah. parked in sand, yeah. deep we- sand on a slope. We don't really know anybody anywhere within reasonable distance yeah. that can possibly come help. You ain't walking out of there. Yeah. Like that was as horrible of a situation yeah as you can possibly be and it was a very real like possibility that like this whole trip is over yeah it's done we got all this way and it's finished well it was like if we had any one thing not go the way like if it had happened during the day okay you can call tow truck if it happened before AutoZone closed okay you can you know something it literally happened at the worst time in the worst spot and it was it, you couldn't drive you couldn't even drive the truck to town, like you're just dead in the water. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Like I don't. I'm ra- Normally, I can like think my way out. Like, okay, if I do this, yeah. I can fix it. Like, <laughs> no big deal. It'll get me to town. You know, I'm sitting there. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, I, I the only way to do it is to replace the CV axle, and I didn't have one of those hiding anywhere. So, yeah. it just so happened as I'm like trying to figure out what to do, my buddy Brian texts me. And Brian lives down there. And Brian knew I was coming down, but, like, I didn't think that we were going to link up or anything. You know, he's got a lot going on. I had you there, so it's not – you know, we were on a time crunch. I was, mm. I just didn't think I was going to see him this trip. He's like, how's it going? I'm like, not good. <laughs> he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, uh, we're broke down below Livingston Dam. <laughs> and, like, immediately – just show you the type of person Brian is. He like immediately calls me. I'm pretty sure he called me and he's, I know he called me. I just, I think that's what happened next, but he's like, well, do you want me to come help you? I'm like, well, Brian, I don't even know how to help myself right now. I don't know what you're Uh like. I don't know what to do, you know, and I've replaced CV axles on my truck. So I know what needs to happen. I just don't know how we're going to do it right then. He's like, well, I can drive there and I can help you get your boat out of the water. And then, I'll take you into town to a hotel and then we'll just fix it the next day. I'm like, okay, well you're like an hour and a half away. I think I'm like, are you sure you want to do Cause it's, it's already like 1030 at this point. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, Brian shows the type of guy he is gets in his truck, drives all the way out. He could have just left us there to sleep in our car that night. You know what I mean? Like, but drives all the way out, helps get the boat out of the water. Like we put the trailer on his truck. We get the boat out of the water. I managed to like inch the truck up and out of the way so I didn't piss off any fishermen the next morning. Yeah. He takes us to a motel and like he tows 
my boat like with him like heads on out and like is coming back the next morning and just the whole time like I'm like my truck's gonna get broken into because it's not like the safest area in the world, yeah. especially like just leaving your shit. And has Virginia tags on it. This Virginia boy, I don't know what yeah. he's doing. Yeah, Virginia <laughs> tags, like a bunch of stuff in it. I'm like, I'm gonna come back, and this thing's gonna be just ravaged through. No, no. Brian comes, picks us up the next morning. Like, we get down there. I get the CV axle from AutoZone. Like everything's good. All I have to do is swap this out. We'll get down there. And sure enough, like the castle nut, like the main axle nut, I can't for the life of me get it loose. It is seized <laughs> on there. So like I broke two separate wrenches trying to get it off. I'm like, what what else? Like what else could like it just anything else could go my way, it'd be great. Well, we ended up having to go back into town. Like we made like two separate trips into town. And David at this point is like I don't know what what was your thoughts in that moment. I, I it was extreme guilt because I look <laughs> over there with envious eyes at, at you and Brian, and it's like y'all clearly like I, I'm just worthless when it comes to like mechanical <laughs> engineering and like fixing things. So I'm like so like what's my role in this? Like <laughs> I'm just like you're doing great, the positivity guy. Like <laughs> yeah, and I'm not even good at that. I'm like the biggest negative Nancy you've ever met. But I don't know. I was, I was, I'm sitting here like try, it's for me. It's just the battle of like keeping the negative thought in. But I'm like, when you look at that, like when you look at a dire circumstance like that, and then yeah. you think of all the money that you just spent and all the planning that went into like even getting out there and like, yeah. and like, like the reality of having to turn tail and go back home completely and utterly destroyed and defeated is like yeah. knocking at the back door. It's like, yeah. damn, this is brutal. Like, what can I do to somehow be constructive and helpful in this situation? Yeah. But um, I just and, and like think about it too. Like the Brian thing is crazy. Like, it, what was the alternative if you had not taken the time to like network in the fishing community oh, yeah. and build that relationship? I don't know a year or how however long y'all known each other. But like, yeah. if wasn't there i just i think like what what would have become of us you know brian has saved my ass on like a couple of those trips because it's so far from virginia like by the time i'm down there if something goes wrong like i don't have options like you know what i mean like i think one trip we made down we took harley's suv as opposed to my truck and like as we're entering texas the roof rack with the kayaks just fly off. Like it just flies oh, off God. the car. We we drove 19 hours. We got to the Louisiana, Texas state line. We're now on the back roads. We just got to get, we're almost there. And the way her car's set up, you can't like nose strap the boats. Cause it's just all plastic up there. You can't like, do yeah. <laughs> so like we hit a crazy storm, like headwind and it just blew the rack and everything just peeled off of her car. And, like, flew up into the air and, like, landed in a ditch. And we ended up having a whole ordeal. At least it didn't like, kill the people behind you. I, I know. Luckily, there was nobody. <laughs> it was just us on the road. Oh, that would have been terrible. But it wasn't, like, anybody's fault. Like, I had a testament to how well I strapped these down. It landed in the exact 
formation in which I had strapped it down. Nothing yeah. moved. <laughs> like the the kayaks were strapped, the bar, like everything was in the exact place. And the only thing, like the nose of my boat had a little scratch on it where it hit the ground. It was such a, a sheer stroke of luck. But yeah. but that, that trip, Brian helped me out, like got me some bait, got us catching fish. That was 2016. That trip is the trip where I filmed that like viral alligator gar video of it, like head shaking and stuff. It, the reason why we got that on camera is we fished this one river for like four days and got nothing. And I, mm-hmm. I messaged Brian. I'm like, I'm not catching anything like what? And, um, we ended up going to the Trinity and it was like the last day. And we, we caught that fish at the, like the last hour, the last spot, the last day. And it was just, yeah. <laughs> It's, I don't know, man. Brian, Brian's a special dude. It just the the way those trips happen. It's just something bad's gonna happen. It's just how you respond to it. Yeah. And that was, I think, all three of us in that situation were just trying to figure out how we can best help. All I know is at some point during that process, while y'all two were working and I'm standing there watching, and I, I could sort of sense that like you were having a breakthrough, like yeah. it, and like it started. To, like I'm like okay there's a chance they can fix it. Like at yeah. that point immediately I was like, well, this, this is great, but it does not change the fact that we don't have bait. Yeah. So I'm like, well, we do have rods and we do have bait and I got nothing but time. So I'm like, well, yeah. hell, I just, I guess I'm going to get back to trying to figure the bait thing out. Yeah. Well that, yeah. So it, <laughs> as we figured out, we had to go back into town to get another tool. And like, as we're doing that, that is when you started your like MacGyvering of, and I'll let you tell yeah. that whole story. That right. Anyway, well, it's a lot of that was spawned out of boredom. You know, right. it was. Uh, I mean, hell, I I elected to stay with the vehicle, for, kind of for the same reason. Like we didn't want to leave it, it you know, sitting there and yeah. where people can mess with it. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, y'all went into town like, all right, well, I'll just stay here and watch the car because you know we got all our gear here. Yeah. Um. But then, like, you know, you walk the banks. I'm just walking around kicking rocks and skipping rocks and, like, drawing my name in the sand. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to do the good sportsman thing and kind of start cleaning some of this trash up. You know, so I'm, like, walking around. And there's, like, there's like a whole fishing rods <laughs> laying on the ground, hundreds and hundreds of yards of fishing line, <laughs> yeah, thousands place... of hooks. I'm yeah. like, there is a whole tackle shop out here. Yeah. Like everything like you could never get stranded there and die. You got all the survival gears within ten feet of you. It's like the land <laughs> of broken toys for fishing yeah. rods and stuff. And everyone's everywhere. out there well, everyone's out there cast netting. And like we alluded to earlier, the water level was way down. Yeah. <clears throat> so that had exposed all the rocks and all the rocks that people had gotten their nets stuck on over the <laughs> yeah. over centuries of time. Right. There's just this just nets as far as the eye could see all over the place. And I that one that one net that I ended up picking up was like the tenth net that I had picked up. Oh yeah. And I, I looked at it. And I'm like, well, this one's not even that bad. Like the dummy just broke like a couple of the. Well, never mind. The one that I picked up was horrible. Yeah. Uh, like beyond. I don't know why I was thinking it wasn't that bad. Yeah, I missed <laughs> the mark on that part of my recollection. No. So the net that I found, the mesh was completely separated from the yeah. like the rim of weighted rope it was just there's one little section still connected the rest mm-hmm. of it completely had torn off and like yeah. all of the little support cables all broken yeah i was like well 
I don't have anything to do. This is just going to be like my little project. I'm going to yeah. sew this thing back together, and maybe we'll have a net. So right. y'all were gone for a prolonged period of time. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I just grabbed all of the fishing line that was there. I think I grabbed like 200 yards of braided line that I'd found and like a random pair of scissors and just started stitching. Yeah. I like, I'm going to rebuild a whole entire cast net. And I don't yeah. know, but I, I feel like, I think by the time y'all got back, I was like 90% of the way done fixing this thing. Yeah, yeah. It was very much like <laughs> you start to feel things shifting. It's like, all right. Like, right about the time you got that fixed and, like, went on the bait hunt, we were, like, coming back with the proper tools. And, like, I finally got the, like, nut undone, which was, like, the biggest challenge of all. Because, what like, once you get that off, it's pretty, like, so I've done my CV axles multiple times. Like it's not supposed to be that difficult. You just pop it out, pop a new one in, but we were having issues. And like, we came back, got the nut off. You got like, went on the hunt. It was like, okay. Like the best part about it is like, as we lowered the truck back to the ground after it was fixed, I look yeah. over and you're like marching back with the cast net and like a stringer full of buffalo it was yeah. just it was the best <laughs> it was timing. like perfectly synchronized timing couldn't have planned it any better how did you go about catching those things because i didn't i didn't get well that was the thing is like whenever i was walking around while y'all were still gone i was walking the banks just looking at the water there's buffalo everywhere but yeah. i couldn't catch them yeah. so like, this is this sucks if i had a cast net i could catch these things so then i put that one together but you just seen them like behind every current break like every rock every limb there was like schools of small little buffalo so like mm -hmm. it was like sight casting with the cast net on them yeah and so that wasn't too hard but yeah i was just wading around and, and seeing groups of them yeah and i don't even remember how many i got on the stringer it was like more than a half dozen of them when yeah, we... and you got to think each one represents three baits i'm like we have a week's worth of bait yeah right here ready to go so, so then it was like the stringer got too heavy like for me to be <laughs> Well, and the stringer that I found, not yeah, too yeah. heavy. <laughs> Everything yeah. was just things that I picked up off the ground. So I attached all these fish to a stringer somebody had left on the ground. Yeah. And then that thing got too heavy to pull behind me. I'm like, well, I got to go pop this off. And I got to go drop this off in the uh, cooler. And then yeah. I was like, you know, you're crest I'm walking over a hill. And they're like over my shoulder, like a big yeah. mass of fish. <laughs> Look like and then Santa I literally Claus. I see y'all like I see y'all with the jack lowering the truck back down. Yeah. And I'm just the, I come up holding the bait. It was the like, perfect Go time. I wish we I don't know <laughs> if we got that on film or not, but we were so fixated on getting every, like if we don't catch any fish, there's no reason to film any of this. So we're so fixated on getting everything fixed. I don't know if we got that on camera or not. But that's this net in the background. I okay. saved <laughs> I saved the net like I've had it for a year I, and a I half. I knew it now. was the, laying in like your front yard for about a year after that. So <laughs> yeah, well, I kept it it was such a like I don't know. I try to save things from trips. Like normally it'll be like rocks or like a fish like something I can like yeah. ride on and be like this is from here. And like that net it's just it got us out of that you and that net got us out of that yeah. <laughs> not having bait situation. It it represented such a like crossroads in that trip and like what might happen from there on out in yeah. that trip and like the the filming and just everything. I'm like I can't just throw this net away so yeah it yeah. sat in my yard for like a year and then i finally 
put the podcast studio together and I'm like, perfect. I'll just hang it up back there. So yeah. it finally stopped smelling terrible like two weeks ago. There was a lot of things that like happened and then like the remedy for the problems. If if like we wouldn't had that one solution, there were no other solutions. Like if yeah. we wouldn't have had Brian come out there, trips yeah. over. If I yeah. wouldn't have found an old raggedy old cast net, maybe we would have never gotten bait. Yeah, it was. We would have just used our newly fixed vehicle to get back to the airport and be like, be (laughs) able to go home. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. I forgot a part of it. As I'm in AutoZone, Brian took David and I to um, AutoZone so I could buy the CV So, Like as I'm inside, they're out just getting to know each other in the truck. Oh, I yeah. <laughs> I can't remember are... <laughs> where we encountered that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is, this oh. is it. I'm going to let you take it from, from here. But I'm in AutoZone trying to buy a CV axle, and David and Brian are in Brian's truck outside. I don't know what's happening, but I come out to hear this part of the story. <laughs> yeah. So. I don't know. I'm like the ultimate, like, I can read. Like, I, I'm like, I'm a self-prescribed, like, body language, like, analyst. Yeah. And like so I can like observe somebody be like, Yeah, I don't want to talk to that guy. Right. Yeah, yeah, that guy's a weirdo. I don't want nothing to do with him. Right. Which was seemed to be the majority of the people that I saw. I I don't want to talk to strangers. I, yeah. it's a maybe it's a character flaw. I mean I need to be more social. But I see this guy who has it, you know, you can always see him. They take a very un, like keen interest in your presence. Like this guy yeah. looked over, like he and the way he was looking, I'm like, Oh no, he's yeah. coming. He's gonna come. He's gonna talk to us. Like here right. it comes. He just looks so interested in me and Brian. And Brian had his window down. I'm like Brian, roll that window up. <laughs> he's coming. I was like, oh no, he's gonna come talk. So this guy comes over. That's, I mean, fr- you can look at it as these are very friendly people, or you can look at it as they're like intrusive. It's a little bit of both. Because yeah. yeah. none of them were well. None of them were. That one guy was a little rude, but uh. This guy comes over. He puts his arm in the window. Like, it's, yeah. it's sweaty, greasy arms in the car. I'm like, oh, man. And I don't remember how the conversation even got started, but, you know, Brian engaged him in conversation. I'm just like right. the grumpy, like, a-hole in the back seat. Like, I ain't talking to nobody. Right. But just, like, trying to not look at him. I don't want him to ask me questions, you know? Right, right, right. <laughs> so then he asked, well, what are y'all fishing for? I'm like, Brian, don't tell him. <laughs> right. Anything that bites. And then, you know, I think at some point we've made the fatal mistake of saying alligator gar. I'm like, we have just opened Pandora's box. Like, yeah. he, here comes what's going to come out of his mouth. It's yeah. going to be something crazy. And uh, he's like, well, you know the best thing to catch them with, right? <laughs> I'm like, Get, this is going to be gold. I should have pulled <laughs> yeah. out my phone and started recording. <laughs> I, you yeah. know the best way to catch them, right? I was like, whatever happens from here on out is going to be completely and utterly glorious and ridiculous yeah. all the same. Like, There's no way this wild and crazy dude is going to have anything constructive to add to like what we're doing. <laughs> right. And so he says, and I'm like, it, this is going to be, you know, it, what he said, I don't, it like, I don't even know how to put into words my initial thought, but he's like, you know, the best bite for them things, right? I was like, well, live mullet. Like what is it? the last guy said? Live mullet. He goes, Blackbirds. I'm like, <laughs> blackbirds. It's like, like the last get... thing. So finally I spoke. There's a whole point up until this point I hadn't said a word. And I like I looked over at him. I'm like, did you just say blackbirds? He's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
blackbirds. So the thing you do is you take all the feathers of them off. So I'm like, so it really doesn't matter what color they are. Yeah. Because you're taking all the feathers off anyway. Yeah. He's like, you stick a hook through them and throw them out on the surface. He's like, Gar, love eating blackbirds off the top of the water. I'm like, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. This is a big risk. But yeah. I'm going to guess you have never done that. Yeah. You have just, never seen that. It just you. It makes you wonder, like, where – why was that in that person's brain? <laughs> like, Because how d- I think he knew that it was going to elicit such a curious response that it was going to, like, make the conversation last longer. Yeah. Because he was but, waiting for that, well, what do you mean, Blackbirds? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's like now but, the conversation is in full snowball effect, and we ain't getting out of this thing. I ha- like to think of that on the fly is like that's birds. I would ne- if you you had a gun to my head and said pick the most random thing you could say like that wouldn't even be in my brain like <laughs> that makes me go okay like where did that guy hear about this like who just the chain of events from when that dude said that to you on back like when did that ever happen i don't know and we had too much courtesy because we entertained the conversation and like realistically we should have said buddy you are talking out your ass right now that is a lie all of this story is made up and i'm done with you but we were too nice and polite to do that well that's very interesting oh that's cool yeah but then it would just (laughs) be you and brian sitting in a truck and we'd never have a story about it yeah. Now we have the blackbird, the infamous blackbird story to tell from here until the you end. You always of the just uh, don't make eye contact. Roll up all windows and yeah. close your eyes. Just don't talk. I don't know. I, I don't. I'll talk to people, but it's, after a certain point, it's just guys like that you struggle because it's like you're. You're making this up right now. You are lying to right. my face right well, you, now. Well, you how do you react? How do you respond to that with rational thought? Like you you're, double you're, down and go, "Yep, yeah, you're right. You're right. Actually, I I have better luck with cardinals." So. Yeah. Redbirds <laughs> is the ticket. Juvenile bald eagles actually work the best. So, <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Oh. But anyway, so all that went down. We got the truck fixed. We bid our farewells to Brian, and we set out to a section of river that uh, Brian and I had actually fished in the past. And it was just like you could feel the momentum shift. It's like we have no reason not to catch him now. We have bait. We have working boat, working truck. Everything's fine. And uh, we get to the water, and, like, the very first thing we see is this monster, like, 10-point buck in like full mm. velvet just chilling on the side of the riverbank and that we hadn't went up river a hundred yards it was just like it, it just crazy to see yeah and then on top of that we hadn't went a hundred yards because we couldn't go very fast because apparently what i was learning is the more weight you put in a jet boat the slower it goes so i i felt like seeing that buck was like the physical representation of us like shedding all the crazy like i don't know we're, i mean we're out there in like you know, in a public boat ramp yeah. loaded with people walking all around the water. We're encountering crazy yeah. people. We're dealing with having to go into town. So it's like, I felt like once we hit that, that buck that was sitting there, it was sort of like, yeah. all right, we're finally out where we're supposed to be. Like we're yeah. finally beyond all the distractions of the, 
artificial world and like we're in the real territory like we're in the wild now yeah what was that and just getting away from everybody i think was the yeah. big, it just it was very it was it was shedding the bad energy at that point it was like okay like you you felt like for the first time in the trip something good might happen so we get up river i don't even remember what the first fish we caught was like from that point on you caught the first one and it was a big one it wasn't is is that right i think you caught you caught you definitely caught the first one and i thought it was the one where you're laying like kind of like alongside it oh yeah 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 so yeah it was it's the photo on the website and like all my social media yeah. and stuff so like i think we may have caught some smaller ones but in like in very small like inconsequential you, you fish. definitely had caught the first one because it was sort of like well i i managed to catch a couple small ones the day before oh, yeah. so it's like you got to get you right. got to get on the board, so regardless of what rod even goes off. I think yeah. for a little bit we were like, all right, if it's my one of my rods, I'll take it. If it's one of your rods, you take it. But then it was more so, you know, yeah, it was like. flip-flopping. We, yeah, we had a program in place. The funny, just more like symbolism, where I hooked that, fit, where I hooked and landed and took that photo is the exact spot where <laughs> – Brian put me on that fish in 2016 and I got that viral video. So it was, yeah, <laughs> it's just funny how like you run through a river of shit and you come out clean on the other side. And it's like, mm-hmm. Brian helped us get back in line and we happened to catch, you know, one of the bigger fish of the trip and the first fish since all that crap happening in the exact spot where like Brian and I kind of forged our friendship. So yeah. Well, I remember there cool, just man. being some like elation behind that because at the end of the day, we're there to film an yeah. experience. And it's like, you know, it's like you want to go out there, you want to catch alligator gar, but we, you also know like uh, it has to be a certain caliber fish or yeah. it's not like a, it's one of those ones where like, it's not like a, it's almost like it's not a real alligator gar if yeah. it's not over triple digits. So it's like yeah. once we had that one, it's like, like no matter what happens from here on out, we at least have something to build off. Like we have that showcase fish. Yeah. And I remember thinking like we we were pretty much had hung our hats on that and said, we got it. Yeah. You know, we got, we got the fish we came for. Yeah. It's funny. Grant and I talked about that last night. Like my bucket, one of my like bucket list things is getting a big tarpon. He's like, well, what do you consider big? I'm like, I kind of feels like it needs to be like a seven footer. It's like a, a six footer, like a hundred pounder. Like that's a big tarpon, but it's not a mm-hmm. mega tarpon, you know. And it's the same thing. I with hell, I'd be happy with one of those. Well, at this point, I'll take but. what I can get because I, I haven't. The biggest thing I caught is those ones down the Everglades with you. But yeah, it's it's I I feel like it's kind of the same way with the alligator gar. Like a six footer is like cool. Mm, yeah, yeah it's got to be a seven footer. Yeah, everything under six is like pretty much small. Like five footers cool, six footers even cooler. But like the fish you're after is a seven, like a seven plus. That's like a real, you know, true trophy alligator garden. Same way I kind of feel with the tarpon. Like I want that seven foot one fifty gigantor one. But but yeah, we caught that fish and then uh, went back back to fishing. And I think you hooked up like pretty much right after that. I thought that the one that I didn't get one until sundown, remember? I think we caught yours, Mm -hmm. and then I feel like it took a little while, and then I get one as the sun's going down. Because remember, it was ultimately landed in the dark. Yeah, that's that's the photo that we got of yours in the dark. Like, those photos are super cool. 
And that was another like that was another one north of 100 pounds. So it's like, yeah. all right, now we've both got one. Now we have definitely. So it's, it's sort of like it's yeah. awesome that you got one. But then like secretly, I'm like, well, that doesn't change the fact that I just bought yeah. plane tickets, came yeah. all the way out here. And like, I'd better get my damn fish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's <laughs> that's true, though. It's true. Yeah. But uh, so we ended what I think was day three with two trophy class alligator gar on film. We have all this stuff on film. Like, this is awesome. Like, everything's cool. Well, as we're driving back to the ramp, I mean, you start noticing these bugs. And uh, mm. it was like, I don't even know what to They, just, I'm driving back. They kept hitting me in the face and in the mouth. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like, the sky opens up and all <laughs> of, I mean, it was like the plague. It was insane. Yeah. There was more it, bugs in the air than oxygen. Yeah. I remember was, I was breathing. Oh. Like I had to put my hands over and breathe like down. Yeah. Cause like yeah. you couldn't open your mouth or you're swallowing them. It yeah, was that it, thick. It was like that almost became like a dangerous situation. Cause like, I'm trying to like run the boat back, yeah. but I can't keep my eyes open. And then I have yeah. <laughs> a light so we don't hit anything, but I can't keep the light on because that attracts the bugs. It was a white fly hatch, which I didn't know that was a thing, but apparently in the South they have like crazy white fly hatches like in the summertime. And literally like billions of, if not trillions of them. Mm-hmm. And like we finally get back to the ramp and I, I can't even – I might have even – I don't know. We, we got back to the ramp and loaded up, and, like, the entire bottom of the boat was already caked in yeah. mud. Mud. I mean, and then you, they're you, mixed with the mud. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't avoid, like, the mud in Texas. Like, that's just – you're getting baptized in mud the second you start fishing for these things. And then on top of that, there's – a layer of white flies all over everything. And it basically, I think you said it, my boat had been tarred and feathered. Like, yeah, it's literally that's exactly what, what it looked like. Yeah. It's just, they're all, you just put a bunch of sticky mud all over everything and then dump a bunch of, but I mean, the, the boat, my hair inside of my clothes and my nostrils and ear, everything was vibrating. There's just yeah. bugs everywhere. It's like, that was like, okay. I couldn't figure out if that was payment for what had just happened or if we were setting up for something else, but it's just like, what the hell, dude? What else? I know. And it's just like when you have that many living animals, like they're going to start stinking. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter if they're bugs or not. There's enough meat in the boat now to this point where they're, they're going to – it's like we get up the next morning and have to drive into town and like – and I'm sorry to whoever owns the shop vac at the 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 – madisonville car wash but i'm like (laughs) sucking up mud and bugs into the it was just insane dude it was so bad just trying to clear the boat out of these things was it was nuts but and for some reason we went to tractor supply for a machete i think we were having a hard time cutting up the fish if i remember correctly i don't we bought yeah yeah, we bought We bought, I bought a machete and gloves. So somebody, somebody in <laughs> Madisonville, Texas thinks I'm a serial killer. But so we, we get to um, the water that next day. And I think we, uh, we ended up hooking into a fish that we had to cut the line on. And 
you like these fish will take the bait and they'll swim through trees and stuff and you can't exactly get a hundred pound fish back through trees so what you have to do is cut the line and usually you have like a, a float stop or something up there you tie a little knot in it and the fish it takes the float and all through the tree and usually the float pops up on the other side and then mm-hmm. you just retie. It's very hectic and, and it's a nerve wracking thing to do. But it, I think we've both probably done it a few times now. It's just something that goes along yep. with this fishing. Well, I cut the line for David, or do you cut the line? I don't remember who cut the line, but the float goes under into the tree and never comes back up. It's like okay, like did we just lose this fish slash potentially kill this fish if it gets tied up which you never want to have to do that like you never want that to be the end result but we searched and searched and searched and the process of like doing all this the shift linkage and my motor like breaks it like so the reverse neutral and forward breaks so i have to quickly grab a pair of ice grips and like grab the cable to like the shift cable for this jet motor. So it was just pandemonium. And I don't really remember what all happened the rest of that day. I don't think the, I, I think that that shift linkage had actually broken. Like that was the reason we weren't even able to get to the rod yeah. in time in the first place. Like it was broken yeah, beforehand. We like... Cause like we saw the float going or we heard the bite alarm or something. And then when we went to go get the, yeah. like get the rod, yeah, I, yeah, move. I'm like shifting, and all of a sudden it breaks. I'm like, uh, okay, it's just another one of those instances of like something happening, yeah. and you have to immediately like you're supposed to already have the solution in your brain. That way, you're not wasting any time. It's like, how the <laughs> hell am I gonna fix this? But we ended up doing that, and uh, we got that kind of taken care of. I don't think we caught anything the rest of that day. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. I, I I think we, I think that was a rough day. It was like a, it was just a lot yeah. of sitting and dealing with the heat. But I do know, we searched yeah. that river like crazy for that. Pl- I mean, we ran like two miles up river. We ran yeah. two miles down river, back and forth, back and forth, and it just flat out never yeah, came up. Like, so it's their balsa. They're like. Uh, 12 inch balsa wood floats you're not gonna miss it so that float never came back up i think what might have happened is like that fish might have been swimming with such speed in one particular direction that it never because if it stops Mm. at all the float's gonna pop back up there's like 100 yards of line out but i don't know man we went up and down that river trying to find it and just could not find the float and we were kind of a little dejected at like losing the fish but also potentially like killing the fish if we never found it because like any fish with that much line attached to it it's basically a death sentence i think we got out there the next day and like we were fishing but we also had like the mindset of like we might see this float again at least i know i did i'm like we're there's a good Mm. chance we're gonna run into it because we're going through the same stretch and like we're rolling up river and all of a sudden i look and the floats just in the middle of the river i'm like well that's perfect so tie up to it you land you fought the fish and landed it and i think it was like a like a 70 pounder or something like that wasn't like a giant one but yeah no it wasn't it wasn't a giant one it was just it was good to get that rig back and like help the fish i think so it's like a a small victory might have been our last day there i think i can't 
quite remember. I know we caught two well, more fish after that, but I feel like it happened on that day for some reason. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah I think, you might be right. I got to look at what I was yeah. wearing. Well, <laughs> I know we caught that fish basically first thing because we, we hadn't done anything yet. We were rolling up river two fish and we passed that float. So I think we no. went. Because I know we kept going up river every day. And then, like, on a whim, we decided to try Yeah, I think it was just, it was kind of slow. We noticed that it was slow. There wasn't a lot of rolling fish. I think I caught one more, like, six-footer, which we got on camera. That was cool. But then, like, the last evening, we went downriver to this particular stretch. And I can't remember exactly why we went down there. I think it was just kind of on a whim. But that was probably, like, from a fight standpoint just like to cap it off with that fish that you caught was like i don't think that yeah. it couldn't have gotten better like that that was probably the best like ending to the trip that we could have had but but i so elaborate on that yeah. one a little bit because i i think i have i i think it's important to get your thoughts on it on, on like kind of all of this stuff because i i still don't so Ultimately, we fished that. It was like it was kind of a ninety degree mm-hmm. turn in the river, and like as you know, uh, that's usually where yeah. the deepest water was. But I do remember that hole was like real deep, and it was real fraught with like a lot of. We hit a couple of spots like that, but it, it had a lot of like timber yeah. and crap on the like just stuff on the bottom, and I I feel like we had missed, or at least got picked up at one point by one fish and either missed it or it dropped. It may have yeah. just dropped the bait. I do remember we kept seeing some pretty good ones in there, but um, that was another one, one of those sundown fishes yeah. or late in the day fish. It was like, it was near sundown and um, you know, we hooked into it and it was, it was immediately clear that it, it was another big, yeah. big fish. It was just tremendously powerful fish that went, it wanted to go into that yeah. deep water and it was like, you know, and then um, at some point it just, it was just yeah. pure weight. There was just like there was like no it fighting got, anymore. It was just straight up, a hundred percent dead like, weight. Tied up in that tree somehow. I, I I remember like yeah. It it seemed like it was taking line, but it was taking line down, and like it, it was right. like you're you're fighting it, but like it was going farther than the depth we had. So. Yeah, the line wasn't moving. It was yeah, just going so down. It was like okay, we're yeah. It was it was under something there for a little yeah, while. There was a very. I thought we were going to have to cut yeah, another line. A very good chance we we're going to have to like redo that scenario. But all I remember is like you fighting it vertical. Like it was weird. It was like dead weight just pulling it straight yeah. up. I don't know what that was about, but just like the vertical fight. You know what's was I've never ex- had that happen before. But what's funny is like a few days ago I was talking to uh, Philip Cairnduff, that the Irish guy mm-hmm. that lives down there. And he described exactly the, like, exact, like, we didn't even mm-hmm. discuss this story with him. And apparently he had the exact same thing happen to him. Like, he was describing, I'm like, yeah. I'm in the twilight zone right now because everything you're saying right now happened yeah. to me. But it was like, I, I think that it had, like, dispelled all of its, like, you know, because they, when yeah. they gulp air, they're, it's, they do it for a couple of different reasons, but I think it regulates like their buoyancy to a point. Um, it just like stabilizes them, but it's, uh, I think at some point during the fight, it had like, like built all that air. stored oxygen out. Yeah. yeah. 
And it so it was just like zero buoyancy, like, it, and it wasn't moving. It wasn't doing anything. It, it just gotten to a point where the the gar's body was yeah. vertical in the water, and it was like I remember we were fighting right over it. I'm just trying to lift up, and it was like you know this fish is like I don't know 150 yeah. plus pounds, but you have zero yeah, it's buoyancy. Like, it's like trying to lift a it's dead like, body. It was like trying to lift. Yeah. It was a little pure yeah. weight. I remember, I mean, I was torquing as hard as humanly possible. I'm like, this hook's going to bend out. Yeah. Something's going to break. And I just remember seeing it rise from the depths, and <laughs> yeah. its mouth was open, like this ominous rising from the yeah. depths set of jaws coming that straight That was the first up. fish <laughs> of the trip that, like, actually gave us some, like, breaching and, like, tail walking and stuff, too. Tail walked a little yeah. bit at the beginning, but... It gets to the surface and like you're trying to hold it up and I'm like, okay, give me the lasso and like I'm looking down the barrel of this thing, like trying to get the right. rope around it. And of course, like in the fray, I got nine inches of butt crack hanging out. So the best shot of this fish like thrashing, <laughs> I have to like specifically edit it because there's so much of my ass out in the video. <laughs> God, God. You ruined my my video. Work on that, but but yeah, we ended up lassoing it, getting it to shore. I mean, I'm pretty certain that was the like biggest fish of the trip. I'm I'm almost certain that was like the largest. I think mine was right up there, but we had like two at the same size class, and then like two at another size class. So we had two in like the six ish foot range, and then two in the seven ish foot range, but. Just nuts, man. To cap off the whole, I think we were just like depleted at that point. Anyway, <laughs> it was just we were like dirty. We we so much. Ta- I mean, there was so much mechanical like fixing of things. Like I I I, I just remembered there was one point we were in the hotel parking lot, and I'm like fixing the boat i like reattach that linkage somehow so mm-hmm. i might have m- missed that somewhere in there but i it was just one of those ones where like the shifts in momentum were so dramatic yeah like it was either like like having the highs the highs and catching the giant yeah. fish but it was like instantaneously going all the way to something terrible so it was like these catastrophic mechanical failures or you know a catastrophic mechanical failure and having no bait to getting the bait, catching a few fish, then to it was just it kept going yeah. back and forth. And like the bug thing, you know, people are like, oh, oh big whoop de doo, you got some bugs on you. <laughs> no, dude. That was so far beyond description. <clears throat> this wasn't a simple like you're getting a little bit of moths in your face because you got a headlamp on. Like the, yeah. it was so chaotically thick, it was to the point like it became dangerous because you got to yeah. think when you're going up river with a prop or uh, well, we didn't have a prop. We had the jet motor, but you're going up river and there's submerged timber. There's limbs that are sticking out. Yeah. Like you've got to like know where you're going yeah. and, and avoid these obstacles. But we, you couldn't see like there's when I say it was like you had visibility to about 12 inches in front of your face yeah. and you had to keep your eyes closed because, yeah, I mean, they were getting in my shirt. They were in my yeah, pants. They were gross. in like. They were in places that they shouldn't be. I'm like, and I remember telling you, like, dude, you're gonna have bugs in this boat five years from now. I still do. <laughs> I still yeah, like there's so no behind, getting them out. It was I too was much. Working on some wiring the other day, and I look, and there's like dried up carcasses and stuff. I'm like, jeez, it dude. was like biblical plague portions. Like that's beyond. I've never experienced. Yeah. I've seen some fly hatches similar, but that one was beyond anything I've ever seen. It was very much like a 
whiteouts, like blizzard. Yeah, whiteout it was like situation. going through a fog. But like, 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 not only are they like hitting you in the eyes and stuff, and you're trying to like do the safety squint so you can see, but at the same time, like your headlight is only hitting, but like it's only it's not getting beyond the bugs to see what you're looking at. You're just yeah. illuminating the bugs. It was. Well, it, was, it looked like like in a. Star Trek or Star Wars when they <laughs> yeah. hit warp speed and all yeah, the like yeah. stars go by. Yeah. All you just see is this like this like endless lines of bugs flying past. Such a surreal like <laughs> situation. So such a surreal feeling that that entire trip, man. You go back like yeah. I, this happens a lot. Like I'll look back at situations and you're like, I how did that ever work out? Or like how. It just it just doesn't like why did we just keep going and eventually I don't know yeah. it's just it's crazy how stuff works like that but it was definitely one of those trips that like anything any one thing could have ruined a a weaker like if if your constitution wasn't so strong yeah and you weren't so determined to do it anybody else could have just bailed and oh, i thought that was like the ideal trip for you and i to go on together because i remember like when we first started talking to begin with ever yeah. around anything fishing related was yeah. around the topic of alligator gar so yeah. you know then we talked for some years after that and so yeah. for us to kind of converge on that river together yeah it's just funny how like life and fishing and it's just funny how it all, it, uh, it all works out we were on the separate path kind of parallel one one another for like so long and then we finally mm-hmm. connected and fished together and then all this stuff is developed but it's like i was researching doing an alligator guard trip in like 2012 and it took me two years to finally get the puzzle pieces in place but in those two years i'm like scoping your videos out I'm like where is he fishing like trying to figure yeah. out like where i was trying to like scalp your spot i'm like where is this yeah. dude at? it was nowhere like, near there i know i had no idea what i was doing <laughs> it was so fun i look back like i would watch bubba bedre's like videos and it's like palestine like when we fished with like the tv shows they'd have like palestine texas i'm like okay palestine texas that's where i need to try on the trinity yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah that's like saying you need to fish the atlantic ocean like there's so much right. water <laughs> you know i just thought i was doing this like detective work or whatever but yeah <laughs> i remember man i saw that video of you and i think your brother with the new mm-hmm. canoe and like i was trying to do it with in a kayak at the time so it was like that whole deal like just watching your videos and like trying to figure out how to apply that to what I was doing. It was, it's just crazy how it all ended up on the same river, you know, a decade oh, later, <laughs> however long it was. But that trip I took in Texas was the same way, man. That's a whole other story. I literally drove my 95 Ford Ranger with 270,000 miles on it to Texas <laughs> by myself and like just floated this ri- it was such a cluster but yeah I don't know. well that's a story well that's a that's day. a kind of trip where like if you're going to go with a partner you got to like really do your homework on who you're going to go out there yeah. with cuz we had there were so many opportunities where like you you did not need a super pessimistic person to be in your ear yeah like, and I mean, cause I've had times on the river. So my brother, my oldest brother, Travis, who's mm-hmm. was always the guy in those videos was a, is a great partner. Cause he's like the ultimate, he's like, he's like optimistic to a fault. Yeah. Where it's like, 
he'll lead you into dangerous situations because nothing's gonna happen. Like but, showing up with a bunch of beer and peaches, and yeah, <laughs> I think we've already talked. About no that. water or food. Yeah. Uh, but I've also been out there before with people who wilted and broke under yeah. under much less severe, like and much less uh, challenge than what we faced. Yeah. And it was like you know they're just tapping and breaking and and it was just so it's like well you, you know pro- if I would get you probably get funny. this yeah you probably get the same thing that I get it's like you'll do a trip like that and then you talk about it and everybody's like oh man next time you go give me like let me know I'll yeah. go with you I'm all about this like you have no idea how much it sucked like uh, yeah the level like you know. Chasing big fish and, like, the whole freshwater monster fish scene and all that, like, there's so many different, like, places to go and challenges and all this. But I would wager to bet that Texas is right up there with some of the most harsh, like, pain in the ass just dealing with. I The only other thing that I could think is, like, maybe, like, if you were on, like, a goonch catfish trip and you have like pack in all your stuff into like the Himalayas. But like, other than that, like you're in the sun the whole time. There's no shade. The bait smells terrible. And unless you're getting a shower every night, which that you may or may not be depending on how you're doing it. You know, if you have a hotel fine, but if you don't like you're living Mm -hmm. with that mud on you for days at a yeah. time and it like gets in your leg hair and rips it all out you're downstream the, the, from dallas so i think it's like the guys that are like poop yeah <laughs> the guys that are local down there at this point probably have like a certain system in place to where like you know they under but if you're like some outsider that's coming in and you're equipped with a canoe or a kayak or yeah. just you know it's it's you are you if anybody who's listening to this that may have some kind of ambition of doing like a do-it-yourself alligator guard trip, you have to like off the bat mentally prepare that it's you're going to run into trouble. Yeah, you're go- you're going to get muddy, and it there's no getting around the heat. So if it's like if you're kind of coming from a mental place where you embrace the reality of yeah. difficulties. Yeah, you're you're kind of like already ready, but you can never go there. And like yeah. you said, your friends, I get the same thing. I have people look at the photos because I got this awesome picture of a giant yeah. fish, and that's all you can think of. And it's easy to think you're going to show up and that they're everywhere, but it's yeah. I don't know. It, most people, I think, will enjoy. I don't know some of that challenge, but I don't know, dude. Like that one that me and you went through, that was probably some of the worst. It, and it was just coming in succession. Like it, it was like the the shit that was being thrown at us. It was it was such a rapid fire. It was very easy to like be like, let's just be done. Like or, or after yeah. we even got the first fish, be like, that's great, that's good. We we, yeah. we got it. So let's be done with this. But, it was very much like a. It got to the point where it was like a comedy where like something good happened, something bad happened. It became like a joke. Yeah. It's like, all right, well we caught a big fish. What terrible thing is going to happen? I know. Next? I was like starting to watch my back after we were, we catch yeah. one. I'm like, all right, so now what? It was nuts. <laughs> dude. I, I broke, so, like broke the trolling motor, broke my main outboard, broke my truck. I can't even think of what else, but, and then that was yeah. just like <laughs> the first leg of my trip. I still had three more weeks on the road of like, driving and which is a whole other thing we talked last time about borger texas and like the panhandle and all that where you're from Mm -hmm. dude (laughs) 
I left when I dropped you off at the airport. I drove from from basically College Station, Texas to Idaho, which takes you across Texas up through the Panhandle into like New Mexico and then Colorado. I mean, it's such a crazy long like it's longer to get from Texas to Idaho than it is from Virginia to Texas. So like I had a whole other two day road trip driving and it's just you get into that Texas panhandle at night, dude, and it is so dark. It is the darkest. I mean, you might as well be adrift in the ocean. Like it is so right. (laughs) Then like to top off the creepiness, like the cell towers they have out there, they Mm -hmm. all have them blink at the exact same moment. So it's like you're driving and like (laughs) it's perfectly flat. So for, hundreds of miles just watching these red lights blink at you and blink yeah. at you and blink at you. It's like, dude, it was so creepy. It's just like with all of that bad stuff that happened, I had that in the back of my mind. Like, okay, I had all these other mechanical failures, but if I break down out here, it, it I'm officially screwed because you're hundreds of miles from anything. Yeah. Out there. I mean, it's, you might get some like, grease monkey mechanic shop you know some dude that's like doing it on the part-time but you're not getting like a four bay like professional tune-up mechanic like you're you're out in the middle of nowhere legitimately so i don't know that whole trip yeah. was just a giant like insane cluster of good and bad well, but. the good thing is at the end of it, we we caught really good, solid, like quality sized fish. Yeah, I think we did a good job of catching most of that tribulations on film. That's yeah. the thing is like it's so hard to be disciplined, like in the midst of when the crap is happening. Yeah, to want to like be like, wait a minute, let yeah. me grab the camera and capture this. It's like you'd rather contend with the obstacle and like yeah. deal with the issue than to be like, hold on a minute. Yeah. Like, that's I with the way we film and stuff like I like the fact that we're doing it survivor man style and we're like self filming and everything but it is in those moments where you wish you had a third person that was like detached from what it like everything that's happening so like I can be mad and I can stress out about the situation and somebody else can just film it because that would make so much better content but then it's like yeah <laughs> it def- it just takes away from the like grassroots of it all where you're trying to make it happen yourself but I don't know man it's just a crazy tr- is a hell of a way to kick off that whole like filming thing like yeah just- that was definitely a tone setter but That'll be a fun one. It'll be fun when that comes back out because it'll be in a time where it's like time has passed and I'll be able to sort of like relive some of those moments. Yeah. You know, I feel like once I start seeing that, I'll be like, oh yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even thinking about it. Right. I I mean, like going to Bucky's and getting like chicken tacos and washing our clothes and just a, a washing machine that's just in the hallway of this, hotel like outside well that little uh wood shack that we stayed in i remember i washed my clothes in the shower yeah like in like it's take that thing with mud it was literally like a 15 by 15 like shed that this person's converted into like a little cabin with bunk beds and like a shower but it's great if you're like ninety pounds, but like I'm getting the shower yeah. <laughs> is one corner of a very. It was small so bathroom. tiny. I'm like in there trying to wash, and like the rest of my body's touching like the 
the the shower curtain. <laughs> I'm like, this is gross, dude. I mean, is I don't know. You think of how many people like. That dude's not cleaning that bathroom. So it's like, no. how many people's soap-scummed bodies have touched this thing that's not <laughs> touching know. me? It was, <laughs> I don't know, man. It, it was good times, but yeah, I guess I don't, am, are we leaving anything out? I can't. Probably. That was such a dynamic trip that had like all elements of like, like bad things happening and then rebounding yeah. and then like being pressed with challenge and then like overcoming it and having a win and then another thing being thrown and it was just one after another so uh, that was like the ultimate kind of trip that's like you don't want that crap happening while you're there yeah but like after the fact you're like appreciate that you yeah. had those like layers to the story yeah that's so like the best. The best stories always have all my favorite guard trips I've ever had had some element of something horrible happen, whether it was like a catastrophic, like life threatening storms yeah. or being ill prepared and, and not having adequate like water yeah. and almost dying of heat stroke. Like it sucks while it's there. But then like later after you overcome it, especially if there's a big fish yeah. at the end of all that, like if you actually caught what you were there to catch then it becomes yeah. i don't know a, a better story so that one really had it i mean that yeah. man there, there were so many opportunities where i felt like we were circling the rim of yeah having to leave like yeah. like where like, well this is it we we ain't coming past this and i i am convinced when you're talking about axles breaking and yeah. like like the mechanics of the boat breaking and just yeah. all the crap that happened. Many, many other people, and I just based this off of other folks that I've encountered and fished mm -hmm. with, would have never been able, to, myself included. I don't. I have the savviness mechanically. Like if you weren't there, or or Brian wasn't there, and if it was just like me, uh, that'd have been it. Yeah. it. I just lost. It'd have been a failure. So I don't know. I think it's. It's just a testament to being able to lean on people's strengths, you know. So, yeah. Like, like I said, I mean, we could have got the truck fixed, and if you hadn't caught that bait, then we still are in the same situation of not being able to catch fish. So, I think we all did what little part we needed to do to keep chugging down the tracks to eventually ha having success with all that. So, and that's the other thing too, dude. Like you you can hire a guide and, and catch the fish. And that's, that's great. Nothing against that, but there's just something about doing the DIY thing and like getting drugged through the mud and getting your ass handed to you. That makes that catch just that much sweeter. So, and I think like yeah. out of, out of all the big stuff, alligator gar is one of the probably more DIY ones. If you do enough research, but well, I mean, we're a testament to that. Well, if, if you're committed I would enough, think, you like, can DIY it. Some of the more local and seasoned people who live there and do it every day are probably listening back. It's not even that hard. Y'all ran into that challenge because you are you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. That's fine. That's true. Other yeah. people who may come and have similar ambitions also won't know what they're doing. So yeah. it's important to highlight things that you might run into and be yeah. able to demonstrate some ability to get past it it's not yeah. anything to be ashamed of but it's like dude when your axle snaps in the middle of that <laughs> yeah. it's not like that's a monkey wrench that can be thrown into yeah. the into any situation that yeah for that to have happened too was just 
insane. Uh, basically, no stress on the truck either. It just broke randomly. I drove I know. a thousand miles before and it, that. It and it only break. happened as and, – and I drove 25 feet. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like – I'm like the whole time. I'm like, what did I do wrong? Did I <laughs> jack his truck up? You had made it halfway across the country just fine. As soon as I put my foot on the accelerator, yeah. <laughs> it was the worst sound. Too. I was like, I mean, well, do I have the death touch, dude? I don't. Know, and at dude. first you're like, it's fine. Just keep going. I'm like, no, something's <laughs> yeah. wrong. Well, it never crossed like, my I, mind that that was what was happening. I'm like, I don't yeah. know. Anyway, but. Yeah, I was like, dude, this it's... isn't just a noise. Like, there's something wrong. Yeah, something is very broken. And I've broken it two more times since then. <laughs> so I've discovered that I have some sort of problem with my four-wheel drive, and I just have to get it fixed. So I don't know. Yeah. It's just bad luck. <laughs> but I don't know, man. But, yeah, some people that live there might say it was ridiculous. But guess what? Most of the world doesn't live in East Texas. So people that listen to this could relate to – how these trips go. I mean, it is a yeah. DIY trip if you're committed enough, but you know, if you don't want to go through all that, the guides, the next best thing. So there's, there's some guys uh, down yeah, there that yeah. really put people on monster fish. So it's good stuff, but it's all I got, man. I think maybe we'll sprinkle in some of these other trips that we've went on and filmed uh, through the course of these podcasts. Maybe we'll elaborate on these individual episodes a little bit more, but it's all yeah. I have right now. Well, I can leave people with a cliffhanger. If we get into the Goliath Grouper episode, you'll learn of the one of the most sad stories of heartbreak. Oh, <laughs> God, fish, yeah. A fish that gets away under the most horrible conditions. That's a situation where I, I wish I would have kept rolling and filming you. Yeah. But I don't want to give spoilers. Yeah. Leave well, people wondering what happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, oh. the worst part about that is the Goliath group was right up there with my tarpon. And I haven't caught my tarpon yet, but I finally yeah. captured my Goliath grouper. Yeah. Well, you got you to, got to no spend avail. a little bit of time with it. About 15 <laughs> seconds. So. Anyway. But good stuff, uh, man. That's I think that'll do it for this episode. We're about an hour and a half in, something like that. Um, yeah. Maybe a little over that. But, yeah. So check out uh, David's latest podcast with David Rocca. Sounds like a pretty solid dude. Want to listen to that one. I'll probably, if it comes out, what time do you normally release yours? Like At like 5 in the morning. It's either 4 or 5 in the morning. I try to put it like right when people are starting to wake up for their yeah. jobs i'll try so. to like i'm gonna be in the middle of no i'm actually leaving as soon as we get done recording this so I, i'll be in the middle of the mountains but i'll see if i can't download it first thing in the morning to listen to throughout the day tomorrow so hopefully the next time you talk to me i've captured this giant magnificent brown trout but we'll uh, see. hopefully yeah i don't know so. <laughs> but anyway Folks, thanks for tuning in. Uh, be sure to check out the HaveRodsWillTravel.com website to catch all the rest of the podcast, uh, both video and audio. Check out um, the page. We have a bunch of articles and stuff like that on it. If you're listening to this uh, on Spotify, give it five stars. Get our rating up. Do that with all of the HRWT Studios stuff. I don't know. Does Apple have the same rating system like Apple Podcasts? I- I think so, yeah. Yeah, because okay. I've got a few. I think some of ours already have a few from people who, you know, and I appreciate those who've given the feedback because, you know, you want to know that. Yeah. You want to know what people think, you know. 
Yeah, this thing's so. very much still in its infancy. We're still working bugs out and trying to figure out how to carry a conversation for an hour and a half. It, it seems like it gets tired when we record and or it gets difficult when we record at the end of the day. We're all tired and <laughs> yeah. worn out from a day's worth of activities. But but thanks for tuning in. Uh, I think that's all we got. You got anything to leave us on? Nope, I think you pretty much covered it. Right on. We'll, all right. We'll catch them next time. Yep. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later.